This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 151. Mm, I'm hurting too. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be discussing how to support your hurting spouse when you're hurting too. This topic hits close to home because, well, we've lived it this past year. In May of last year, we said goodbye to my dad after a brave 16-month battle with cancer. Now, thankfully, we were literally there beside him to say goodbye to him. We had flown into my hometown on Sunday, and then my dad unexpectedly passed away two days later. We weren't ready for this kind of grief. I don't think anyone is. I remember a couple of weeks before Daniel's dad passing, I was doing a Bible study called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. I'll link it to today's episode show notes. And one of the homework pieces was to write down all of your thoughts about a certain topic that was weighing heavy on your heart. I wrote down uh, the possibility of Daniel's dad passing away. What would we do? What would his mom do? I don't think we will make it through. The pain would be way too great. A couple of days after Daniel's dad passed away and we announced it on social media, a friend private messaged me and said she was particularly praying for me because it's a really difficult and unique spot to be in when you are hurting and grieving yourself, but you are also the in-law, the son-in-law, the daughter-in-law, so you feel compelled to be there for everyone else because the loved one was part of their immediate family, not yours. She encouraged me to take time to grieve myself as well, and that though she knew I didn't need permission to grieve, she was allowing me to do so. I had no idea what a gift that message was until later. Now, perhaps many of you are grieving and hurting as well because you've lost a loved one too. Maybe you've lost your job in these tumultuous times, or perhaps you've lost friends or family members over differences of opinions. It's been a difficult few years, to say the least. So how do you support your spouse when you're hurting too? How do you not ignore your own pain to be there for your spouse? And, and how do you not resent your spouse for not needing extra attention when, when they're not necessarily paying attention to your needs and your wants? Well, there are no easy answers, but we wanted to share in today's episode a few tips that have helped us during these difficult times. Yeah. So the first thing to remember is that self-care is important. I know, I know. We're talking about caring for ourselves when the topic is learning how to support ourselves. Yes, yes, we're going to start here because it's crucial that you are caring for yourself and taking the time to be curious and self-aware of your own emotions and feelings about what is going on inside you and around you. Now, practicing self-care does not mean you are choosing yourself over your loved one. Can I say that one more time for the people in the back? Practicing self-care does not mean you are choosing yourself over your loved one. It means that you are simply being mindful of your own needs so you are better able to support your spouse. 
When you take care of yourself and are not stressed, you are better able to meet the needs of your spouse. Yeah, that's so true. And it's so important that we do need to start with self-care. And and self-care does come in a variety of forms. It doesn't require some sort of elaborate plan because self-care can be as simple as literally, literally taking a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is self-care. Just taking a deep breath when you notice you're becoming stressed. And by maintaining your physical and, and mental health, you're likely going to be able to be better equipped to handle the stressors that are going to come along with supporting your loved one. Exactly. And while we don't have time to get into all the tips and uh, importance of self-care in this episode, we had an incredible interview with Laura Howe about just this topic. You can go to inbetween.org slash episode 151 for the link to this very helpful episode. So yes, number one. Self-care is important. The second way to support your spouse when you're hurting is to set at least 10 minutes a day or more to listen to each other. Exactly. When we feel heard and cared about, our hurts actually become more manageable. We suggest 10 minutes, but you obviously can do more. But please start with 10 minutes because it encourages us to break out of the familiar pattern of how was your day? It was good. Yeah, yeah. How was your day? (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we all know that familiar pattern, right? Yeah. Well, with a 10-minute time frame, it gives both you and your spouse the opportunity to speak. The key here is to both understand that one person will speak and then the other person will listen. And then you will switch. Yes, switch. Exactly. (laughs) I know it sounds a little robotic, like, okay, you go first, and then I'll listen, and then I'll go, and then you listen. But I know we've all been in conversations where one person just dominates it, and the other person automatically becomes the bearer of all the news. Yeah, this is not what we're going for, because a relationship would be lopsided, right? Instead, when you practice sharing and listening to each other, you grow closer over time, deepen trust and feel supported in your pain. Yeah, we actually stumbled into this practice because of our new puppy that we picked up the day. <laughs> no, we're li- like yeah. literal, we're literal <laughs> about this. The day we flew back home from the funeral, we picked up our puppy. We yeah. didn't just go to a pet store. And, I mean, like we were waiting for We met the breeder at a yeah, Costco yeah, yeah, parking no. lot. Yeah. Told you could buy anything from Costco. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but we had been discussing and we we're supposed to pick her up, you know, earlier. But uh-huh. because of the funeral and everything, we, we ended up pushing it back. So literally the day we arrived back in Edmonton, grabbed our car, we met the breeder at the parking lot by Costco, by the airport, <laughs> and picked her up before we even had time to unload our luggage. So this cute double doodle, her name her name's Luna, uh, she had far too much energy and far too little bladder control <laughs> yep. uh, that we had to walk this pup all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think like seven times a day maybe. Yeah, yep. yeah. And plus, you know, our, our backyard isn't fenced off yet. Uh-huh. So from sunrise to sunset, and we would we would just walk this pup. And, and you know what? Many times our kids would join us on the walks. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and here's why we're talking about this. We started an evening walk. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this isn't this is something that we did before, because in the evening, we'd be just chillaxing or, you know, watching <laughs> Who wants Netflix. To go or, yeah, exactly, dark. right? I, no, exactly. <laughs> like, we just, we would never do this. But because we had to walk 
Luna, we started walking together before bedtime. And this is where we learned the, the, the practice of having this sort of conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. It gave us an opportunity to hold hands and to listen to each other's day, but also to ask each other, how are you doing? And looking back, our puppy was a godsend for our relationship because I honestly think we would have pulled up our big Enneagram three pants, stuffed down all of those emotions and trudged on with life. Because that's what we usually do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. That's how we cope. Yes. And that's why we're in counseling. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So how do you support your spouse when you're hurting too? The third way is to ask for what you need. That's for all the people pleasers, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Exactly. I don't want to ask for what I exactly. need. Just to myself. <laughs> yeah, to, no, he's like, please, like, I'm going to give you all the hints. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask for it. Yeah. Like, I want you yeah. just to do it because I'm hinting at it. Yeah. yeah this this one <laughs> This one is a really hard practice. But is it? A, but it is exactly what your relationship needs during crisis. This is not the time to expect your spouse to pick up on all of your hints or extra huffs <laughs> or Wait, crossed what? arms. Extra huffs. That's awesome. <gasps> <gasps> or you're moping. Yeah, yeah. And while they may have been able to decipher what you needed before with your actions, they may not have the emotional or mental capacity to think it through now. There's okay, a okay. lot more going yes. on. Yes. Can we just can we can you just say that again? Because my goodness, the amount of times that yes, because of COVID and because of the loss and all of that, mm-hmm. there have been unfortunately for me, there have been times where I have picked up on stuff for you, but I was just like so out of it. Right. And I did not have the space to engage in the conversation. And you know, it took me an hour or a day to then bring it up. Uh, but yeah, you're. Can you can you just say that again? I, I think that's so so timely for us right now. Exactly. So what was before? Maybe you would cross your arms and you're supposed to be like, uh oh, like she's upset, <laughs> right? Or oh, um, you know, my spouse is huffing and puffing a lot more. That must mean there's something they need to talk about. Maybe that's what worked before. But now with all extra stuff going on, especially grief, that's a huge one that your perceptions, even being able to observe what your spouse is going through may be a little bit clouded. Mm -hmm. So do a favor for yourself and for your spouse. Ask for what you need. Yeah. And, And please, podcast family, hear this. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like yeah but i haven't lost a loved one but you have lost a lot Mm -hmm. so you need to recognize that you have that you've lost a lot there's a lot of grief that uh you've either processed or or not processed and maybe you haven't processed because you've been pushing it all down Mm -hmm. but you have it's okay to admit and even just say this with me i have lost a lot there is a lot of grief that I still need to process. And Mm -hmm. just by acknowledging that, uh, you're going to be able to recognize that, okay, so I... Things are different. It's it's not what it used to be. And and maybe I should ask for what I need now. Exactly. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki. 
co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. So instead of complaining or giving your spouse a cold shoulder or yelling at your spouse for never paying attention to you, try this sentence. We've talked about it before, but I'm going to say it again. I feel, and you put in how you're feeling, about whatever that you're feeling about, I need, and this is when you're asking for it, right? I feel lonely about not spending time with you. I need a hug. Mm. I need a date night. I need or I feel exhausted about being in this home with all these kids. I need me time tomorrow, 10 minutes in the bath or like a whole night just to myself. Yeah, and to ensure that you've understood that it's always good to reply back and be like oh so i i hear that that you're tired Mm -hmm. because or you're lonely because we haven't been spending a lot of time together and that you need right and to be able to actually reply back in that way does I know it might be like, oh, this sounds like counseling or it sounds like what of course I understood and heard. I was literally here in the conversation. <laughs> I know what you said. But but there's so many ways that we can uh, zone out, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's also part of the grief and part of the loss and in the ways that we cope. It's it's you know, we're we're becoming detached a lot in our mm-hmm. thoughts. So to be able to actually repeat it back, it helps you not only connote that you heard, but it actually helps you remember as yeah. well by by verbalizing that too. Right. And how validating for your spouse that they were vulnerable enough to share how they felt mm-hmm. and how they need, especially if you know that's not um, something that comes naturally to them, yeah. how validating it is to come back and be like, okay, I heard you, that this is how you feel. Thank you for sharing. And let's see what we can do um, to be able to make that need come forth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're talking about how to support your spouse when you're hurting, right? And we've thus far talked about, number one, that self-care is important. Number two, to set at least 10 minutes a day or more to listen to each other. Three, to ask for what you need. And four, what's what's four, Christina? Listen to the triggers. Yeah, listen to the triggers. <laughs> exactly. So has your spouse said something or didn't do something that brought up a strong reaction or emotion in you? Mm. I'm just going to let you think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not alone. <laughs> a few things come up in my brain. Often current problems bring up feelings from past experiences, which just adds to the hurt, mm. right? What you're that kind of stirring in your stomach or clenching of your jaw perhaps yeah that was because of what's happening now but maybe it's just a trigger for something that you've continued to um, deal with from your past yeah so so try to be aware of these trigger moments inside yourself and and we recognize that this can be tricky and and we we recognize this because 
in our counseling mm-hmm. that we are doing. And we, and we had been doing couples counseling for the grief, and we've, we're now doing individual counseling uh, to to process these triggers from our past. So we recognize it's, it's not easy to kind of stop and notice and be a student of yourself. Mm-hmm. It can be tricky. So here's a practical question that's been helping us process our anger and our past triggers, right? Where do you feel this? Right? Where do you feel this emotion in your body? Yeah. Yeah. So when I start to feel my nostrils flare, mm. when I feel my fist tightening or I have to like tighten and, and let go and kind of let my fingers dance a little bit, or I feel like I'm clenching my jaw, yeah, these are bodily signs that my emotions are about to bubble forth and multiply on everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting because, yes, those are triggers for you. And it's not the same for everyone because mine is my heart starts beating really fast Hmm. as if it's going to come up out of my throat. And I'm talking. And as I'm talking, I'm trying to because I don't want (laughs) to. I, have this, I don't, I don't want to show this, and my face doesn't often show it either, but I actually start getting a little numb around my face when this happens, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk, but it's like, I, I can't keep, I can't, I can't, I can't talk normally because my heart is beating so fast. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So how about you? And I know that in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to stop and be like, hey, what is my body feeling right now? (laughs) So it's actually really helpful to think about a situation that maybe got your blood pressure up and to look back and be like, okay, where was I actually feeling it in my body? As you've heard that there's just different sensations. Your body is giving signals to yourself and will give different signals perhaps to your spouse as well. Okay, so we'll give you an example of this um, <laughs> to kind of help you give maybe an idea of you're like, oh, I don't know where I feel this in my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we had a very heated discussion one night while walking our puppy. As we've talked about in previous episodes, a trigger of mine is when I don't feel listened to, respected, or heard. If you want to hear the whole story, you can check out our previous episode where we actually go to marriage counseling live just to give you kind of an idea of what to expect in couples mm-hmm. counseling. If you go to inbetween.org slash episode 151, there'll be a link to that there. Well, like many times, I honestly can't remember what we were actually talking about or fighting about, <laughs> but I felt my body tensing and Everything in me just wanted to run away. Fight or flight kicked in and I wanted to be out of your presence as soon as possible. But it's nighttime and I don't want to run away by myself, Gary, and you have the keys. (laughs) So I stayed. (laughs) Oh, that's why. (laughs) Maybe I should always hold the keys. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to like ring the doorbell, wake up the kids and be like, mommy and daddy had a fight, let me in. Well, long story short, I was able to calm down and we were able to continue to talk. I was able to express how I felt unheard and starting to feel abandoned. We had previously talked about my triggers of attachment and abandoned in other conversations, so Daniel knew that this was a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. By listening to me, he was able to help me feel cared for and understood. Yeah, that, that was just to clarify 
one of the walks that wasn't 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be 10 minutes. That's right. It ended up being like yeah, yeah, over we, we an hour or something. Yeah, we walked the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if you have not had the opportunity to talk about some of the feelings, emotions, or situations that trigger you, it would be a helpful conversation. And just as an asterisk, please be gentle with one another and also plan to discuss these conversations when you are both calm and undistracted. Mm -hmm. So let's move to our last point in how to support your spouse when you're hurting too. And here it is, number five. Make time for laughter and fun between the two of you. Mm -hmm. So some of you, like us, are unhealthily good at pushing away your feelings and pretending everything is fine. (laughs) And then there are others of you that enjoy feeling all the feels and can talk about your problems and your hurts for eternity. It's not an either or, it's a spectrum. So wherever you land on the spectrum, remember that you and your spouse are friends and lovers. The more you're able to find moments of happiness, laughter, intimacy, and warmth, the better you're going to be able to manage the struggles of this time. So plan for date times, even if they're limited to skip the dishes and Netflix. (laughs) And chill. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, and chill. (laughs) Well, we'll be sure to also include a list of date ideas that range from 10 minutes to a couple of hours to a full date night or day. Just go to inbetween.org slash episode 151 for these wonderful ideas that you can integrate into your lives today. So there you have it, podcast family. A few things we've learned in 2021 about how to support your spouse when you're hurting too. If you were driving while you were listening to this or maybe working out or, or doing something else and, and you want to be able to remember these five and revisit it or, or perhaps even have a conversation with your spouse about it, then maybe you can text them in between.org slash episode 151 or you can go there yourself to get all the notes and all the links for everything that we've talked about. But just one more time, a final recap. Here are five ways to support your spouse when you're hurting too. Number one, remember that self-care is important. Number two, set at least 10 minutes a day or more to listen to each other. Number three, ask for what you need. Number four, listen to triggers. And number five, make time for laughter and fun between the both of you. And on a final note, when we know that our spouse cares about us and what we are going through, it becomes easier to show that we care for them as well. Well, we hope this episode helps you and your spouse weather the storms of life together. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and make sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We'll talk soon.